0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Of you parents out there that are wanting to know how in the world do I raise the genius that exists inside my child, which is a very different question than how to raise a genius child or how to get my child to be smart and academic and paying attention to all of his students. How do I raise them to be a good student? <laughs> all of those questions are actually very distinctly different, and, except in our Western society and the way we see progress and the way people earn money because of all of their degrees. That is exactly the way we confuse things. Um that's why I wanted to have Farelli Cromeric. Yes, Farelli Cromelic. You probably don't know that name, but you probably know the name of Akiana. And if you don't know the name of Akiana, A K I A N E, really look her up right this very moment on your internet because her artwork is so amazing. Whether you like the content of her art or not, what you will know is that as early as age four, age five, and at eight, she had a masterpiece already painted. The beauty of her work and the way in which she works is so full of inspiration and technical skill so that the question becomes, how was she raised? What, what, what was it like as she was going through childhood? And what's interesting, her brother, Illy, is equally a genius, and a genius in the field of writing poetry, philosophy, narrative, and so we're waiting to see if, uh, if Borelli can join us today. She's calling from Eastern Europe, and so she may be grappling with her Skype system. I'm uncertain, so and the time is such an incredible difference, and I don't know how to get in touch with her. So I've tried to do it over and over again, and she agreed to the time, and that just means that this would be complicated. So I'm going to go and share with you how to raise a child who is fully and completely expressive of themselves and fully, completely expressive of their dedication to what they want to be. In other words, how to get your child's genius that exists inside of them to come out. First thing, first step, look inside yourself for a moment. And how would you have liked to have been raised differently than the way you were Or what about the way you were raised actually gave you a heads up on being able to be yourself and happy with what you created? Okay, when you get the list of those two particular questions down, you're going to have a formula that probably would have worked for you. And that might give you some good information about you. And therein lies the distinction. The information you're going to put down is going to be distinctively different for yourself than it is for your spouse. For each of your children. So, for example, some of you are going to wish that your parents had been a lot more liberal, a lot more free in being able to uh, express yourself, that you didn't have all the restrictions or rules or all the regulations and confinements. And so you might be saying, oh, if I just had more space to express myself and move into this field and that realm and this idea, not have to feel so insecure or follow such a narrow pathway. Maybe I would have gotten in touch with my genius. Okay, that would be one row on your. Own. On the other side, but what about what my parents did do that helped me be as good as I am? Okay, I'm in a very same situation. So you were raised with a very strict and conservative and narrow path to parent, and maybe that they kept you out of all sorts of difficulties and distractions in your life, and kept you learning how to be focused and tenacious and follow through on obligations. And those qualities are equally important for the expression of a genius inside of a child. But another human being might walk into my office, might walk into your living room, and say, my parents were far too neglectful. They allowed everything to take place. Self-expression was like all over the place to degree that there were no boundaries or restrictions or guidelines. I was always off to myself, so I always felt insecure, kind of nebulous and undefined, and therefore I couldn't find myself. Okay, so on one side of it, totally different parent, and it resulting in a person feeling not directed, not clear, and not able to be disciplined about something. So as a consequence, as a consequence, you, on the other hand, might say to yourself, Okay, my parents, by not having any of those rules and regulations and guidelines, forced me to have to figure out how I was going to survive and take care of myself, and how I was going to do things, It allowed me so much creativity. I now know how I now know how to make all of my own mistakes, and I also know some of my own strengths in getting myself out of some serious scraps. Okay, so that's the illustration. That's the first step you do. So you sit down with your own family background. Decide what about your parenting that you received was great and what about the parenting you received inhibited your ability to be expressive of your own genius inside. Now, here lies the difficulty. Some of your children are going to possibly need lots of guidance and structure in order to feel secure and competent and feel like they can express their genius because they need the security and they need the guidance. And other people are going to have children You need lots of space for self-expression. You're not going to be the same parent with each child. And your children may not like that, but you do need to explain that to them. Some of them are going to need hands-on, pushing, getting them out the door so they're not lazy, and others are going to need just the space to be able to create because they're so self-motivated. Now, there is a really interesting delineation in the Western society in terms of the birth order of your children. So, the birth order of, of your children, if you have the oldest child, is typically the one that receives the maximum amount of interest and uh, focus from the parents and also the maximum amount of anxiety from the parents. As a consequence, the oldest child usually is very rule oriented and wants to know what the rules are in order to be safe, secure, and fair and just. And also, they tend, as a rule, stereotypically, to come equipped with a lot more a tenaciousness and follow through. That's not true with all firstborns, but that is a typical pattern. So you might look at the pattern of the way you were as a parent to your child and how that has groomed your child as they've gotten older. The lastborn typically is given a lot more birth. By that time, the parents aren't so afraid that the children are going to be destroyed. (laughs) and The parents are exhausted, and the parents can't spend a focused time on that last. So that one was actually getting away with probably a lot, but that usually means that that individual... Usually less stressed, more creative, and more laid back as a rule, not always. But that is uh, something you want to consider as well the birth order of your children and how you are different as a parent in terms of your anxiety level, your competence as a parent, and your ability to pay attention. And as a consequence, you also want to be paying attention to the other side. Is there any series of over-investing your ego in someone, which usually happens with the oldest child, and under-investing your intention and time, which usually happens with the younger child. So that is going to be a template you're going to need to consider as you're trying to get each of your children and the genius existence inside of them to come out. Okay, third element in creating this genius inside your child is you're going to want to get to know them for who they are and they will change as they progress throughout their life. But they will have this kind of disposition that if you are not trying to groom them all the time and get them to conform to every single civilized order, you might actually give them the space to see what expression they come up with. For a boy, for example, is there lots of testosterone and athleticism and a drive and kind of a hunter-warrior attitude? Or for a boy... Is there more of the passive, genteel, uh, reading, intellectual pursuit? Or for the boy, is there fear? And therefore, which of those paths is your boy expecting very, very early in life? And how are you going to help them groom? All the qualities that will help them feel secure, but at the same time, feeling like they can find their genius in their expression in this world. So, for example, the athlete athlete, as athletic individual, we have lots of expressions for them growing them up. We have soccer. We have baseball. We just have oodles of things for children that are athletic, and they can express their physical, aggressive, and athleticism really early because our society in the United States is set up that way. Unfortunately, that often leads to children that are not that way Somewhat ostracized or outside their quote unquote social circle, and parents feel the pressure of that, which in my mind is completely sad so in the contrast, if you have a child that's more thinking, more reasoning, more quiet, do you sit down there with them and do quiet things? Do you build legos? do you read the book? do you write? do you go out and do wilderness hikes that are more genteel and not so athletic? Do you go to the museums do you but what, What you do for that child that helps them feel like they are in their space, that they're in their place? And if you have a child that's living in fear and anxiety, has a high anxiety component, then how do you help that child be able to move forward and and know that they're going to be sensitive to things that are startling? And can you move them into those things that are very calming, easy? Playful, light, so that they can feel themselves, be comfortable with themselves. Okay, so the formula for this particular division or idea of it is that you help your child find their genius. It do also helps them recognize that they're very comfortable and at home in expressing, note, expressing, expressing their inner geniuses and desires and capacities and skills and competence in a particular environment and then allowing all sorts of different configurations of what that interest is. So, for example, let's say you have a very quiet, calm child who's into trains and playing with trains. Oh, there's so many toys related to trains for little boys. Now, do you take them to the train museum? Do you go down and go on those train rides that you can with kids? Do you go and have a fun time building train tracks with the child? So whatever it is that's quiet and calm, are you able to be present with them in their space where they can find themselves and their self-expression. And it's being able to move into that process yourself that allows the genius of your child to become outward as opposed to hidden, unexpressed, or even undeveloped. Now, here's the trick, step number four. You as a parent are going to be anxious about whether or not you're doing a good job with your children. You wouldn't be listening to this if you weren't anxious about that. So as a consequence, you need to come to terms with your own anxiety. Okay, welcome to the club. Everybody who's conscientious wants their child to be the best and they want to make sure that they're the best parent they possibly can be for that child. That's called love, called responsibility. It's called taking on the obligation of being a parent. On the other hand, I want you just to look at the segment of your a- anxiety. Not all of your anxiety is related to this, but the segment of your anxiety is related to your ego, That means are you trying to get some sort of self-esteem or self-expression or ego recognition because your child's really good at this, that, and the other. So there's usually a lot of investment in athletic fathers to have a boy become athletic as well. And what does happen uh, more often than not is that if it's playful and fun and the child is a little bit disposed to being athletic, then it's a perfect match because both can enjoy each other Socially, interactively, and lovingly in the playfulness of the moments of the athletics. But it's the fathers who can only see that the self esteem is going to come from being athletically prowess, or they worry about their little boy not being athletic and getting pleased if they're not, that their ego, their fear, drives them to try to force their kid to be this athletic kid, which is simply not going to work. If anything, that folds up the child on their own genius. So they can't express themselves and instead feel that what they are is not okay, there's no space for it, it's not approved of, it's not likable, and therefore they feel inadequate because their genius is not matching what the parents wish for them to be. And therefore, since there's a mismatch, the child will be disposed to depositing their feelings about their own genius into the barrel or into the trash can it's a sad situation that occurs, folks. Don't do to your know, kids. I see it over and over and over again. Your child is not your trophy. But I do absolutely understand that sometimes we think they are or sometimes we get confused about thinking that they are. But our tro- child is not our trophy. Okay. So now that you've kind of ferreted some of those aspects of life out in terms of how to raise your child... I want you to really consider this next component of it, and that is the experience of being present with your child. Now, some parents are really capable, very skilled naturally, to be empathic with their child. They pay attention, they listen, they watch, they give space for the child to be able to express certain things. There's, They're not pushed. There's just like this space for the child to the child, and the parent is involved with that space, is present with that space, but is not dominating that space. So that there is this ability to be there, very present, but not too dominating. Okay, so there's this child, and a child wants to go build something with mud and water. So you as a parent would see if there was an opportunity to go find some mud and water. (laughs) I know that sounds crazy. But you do it. Why? There are plenty of professions in the future that deal with your hands and deal with earthly substances and deal with the creative process associated to the fine and gross motor skills that relate to mud and water play. So the parent doesn't find some place where there's mud and water the child can go to and dress as the child so it doesn't matter if they get all muddy. Now, if you have a parent that cares about looks and about clothing and about making sure the child's clean, or feels like that's just really low class, or whatever sort of judgment is associated to mud and water, then you have a mismatch. So it's very hard for the parent to give the child the space in that moment to find their place where they can express something and to allow it to be expressed in a way that works, like wearing play clothes as clothes nice clothes. And also, the most important thing, is the parent can sit down and either do off to of the side or right in the middle do the same thing the child's doing. It's called mirroring. And the younger your child is, the more it's important to be able to mirror in order to grow the genius inside your child. The more you can sit down with your child and be present and participate, not in a dominating way, but in a mirroring way. When you're really young, we call this parallel play, where two kids will sit down by each other. It doesn't even look like they're playing with each other, but ever so, so often they acknowledge, oh, yeah, you're here. Now this is between the ages of one and a half to about three um and sometimes earlier, sometimes later, so that the child is very present with this other person but is playing within their own space, but the presence is the important being present, having a little bit of chat, making a little bit of sounds, every so often touching each other. Now you can even be more involved interactive play which is really great. And if you're interacting on kind of an equal level, which means you're not dominating, you're not organizing, you're not playing what they should do, but like they do something, you do something, they do something, you do something, then you do something together and you laugh and you chat and you talk. And there's the music that comes out of the vocal cords with all sorts of different ways, the breathing, again, the laughing and the chatting. There's also the way you're present. Your body's forward, leaning forward. You're not on your cell phone. You're not distracted. You're not doing anything away from the child. present with the child. You're there with your child. Now, for some parents, this is incredibly boring. And for some parents, on this technological phase, we can do things so much faster on the computer, on the phone, and we have a million people we can contact at any given second. It's really hard to be present with your child. And yet, that's what helps a child's genius blossom. So that's what you're wanting to do. That's your focus. Being present with your child in the domains of the spaces that they like or they feel their expression is wonderful. Now, what this will also help is that you can expand your child this way, and that's very important. It's not that your child has a genius in there and you just have to follow the track of that. Yes, you have to do that too. But in addition, since your child is also being groomed, expanded, like you can look at it that it's not like a blank slate like they used to say. It's not like a blank wall and now you can paint all over it. No, there's plenty of things on their wall already but you're going to add to it so that they have more flexibility and capability to be able to do other things. It expands their confidence. It expands their curiosity. It expands their skill set. And you're going to be able to take that ability to be present with your child. And at other times, when they're not in their self-expression, you're going to move them into experiencing other things And it will be your presence with them, the way you are actually interacting with them, that makes that new situation something that expands them and still feels part of their whole being. So being able to do that and that ability is definitely an art. Now, some of you are natural at it. You're the empath. Others of you will only stay in the, I will follow whatever my child teaches me, but I won't introduce him. Others of you will... They want to wait until my child can understand the things that I'm into or that I like, um, which means that you have lost that connection with your child for so long that likely you're not going to connect with them down the road either. So, that is the aspect of that's a crucial. It's like the, the cornerstone of, of, of developing a genius in your child is that you have a presence with them that allows them to be in their creative expression, whatever it is, and you have a presence to either join them to mirror them, or to play side-by-side in a play which is still present in word, voice, breathing, enjoyment, interaction, in whatever seems to be the rhythm of the moment, not too encroaching and not too far away, and definitely not distracted or somewhere else. You know, it's interesting because a lot of the parents are so into their bills and cooking and sleeping and having fun and texting and, you know, their phone and their computer that they think that just because they're in the same room with the child is somehow that's a present moment. And the truth is there's no presence in that moment. So creative genius. Now as your child goes a little earlier, a little later in life, your involvement is going to be totally changing at every single phase. And there isn't a single moment as they grow where you get to sit in the comfort of the way you used to be. Why? Because now they will increasingly become more independent, more self-expressive, more either breaking out of the the confines of your clutches or wanting to come back and have your clutches or walking in their anxiety and security or walking in their confidence. I mean, it can go any number of paths. And it's important for you to be able to be as present with them in their next phase the way they need you to be. So, for example, a teenager who's driving who's going to all sorts of activity, needs you present in all sorts of ways. One, that you're available when they, they need to have you available. You're not out of the house when they come home. You're home when they come home. I know it sounds funny, but that's what you do. If they need you to go pick them up, you go pick them up. You talk in the car. If they need you to go do X, Y, Z, you go do X, Y, Z with them as much as possible. Or you do it for them and then kind of work away in a conversation. They're going to be expressing their independence. But by that time, they're also either going to know what their genius is, or they're going to be really insecure about whether they have anything worthwhile at all. At all. So you're going to have to create something different inside of you at every single phase that your child is also expressing themselves differently too. You don't get to sit in the laurels of "Well, i yeah, are a good parent here, so oh, everything will go fine." No, you have to keep up to speed with the different types of geniuses or expressions of their genius. That they are in the midst of as well. Well, there's a lot more paths that we could take, but I wanted to allow you just to have an opportunity to consider those particular components of raising the genius in your child. Let's just take a moment. Take a moment to just kind of rest, meditate, relax, and then we'll send you on your way through your day where you don't have to sit there and how and contemplate and think whether or not you're being the appropriate parent or not. We're just going to take a moment, six moments, to allow you to be able to be in your space, be in your own determination as to how you want to be as you continue to participate with your children. Okay? So here we go. It's a moment. Take a deep breath. Take a lot of deep breaths. And in this very moment, take a very deep breath. Take another. And then take another. That's right. Keep taking those deep breaths beautifully and deeply and soundly. And remember always that those deep breaths (laughs) either are coming from sides of exasperation or because you are knowingly and honestly being able to calm yourself down, focus yourself. We're going to move into a meditative, hypnotic state now. And it's really important to know this is a very valuable part of being a parent. Is you having your own creative, meditative, and relaxed? Yes. Being active is wonderful. Being productive is great. Keeping yourself learning is so perfect. It's not always focusing on the chores and obligations. It's really important. Having your own social life allows you to have your own breathing. However, we do know that brain development, emotional development, your own capacity to comes from something of just and that's what you're doing So continue to breathe deeply, and perhaps you can move, and you can move like you're dancing, maybe move in like yogic movement, or you can
0: stretch
1: like lying down on the floor taking this moment. You may have been listening to this while you were washing the dishes or driving a car. Nonetheless, even in a car you can do a little bit of stretching and you can stop watching the dishes for a moment. Take a moment. Close your eyes if you can or allow your mind to be very still, relaxed. You feel the gentleness of your own touch.
0: So
1: in this moment, say something very reassuring so, I think I'm doing the best myself, but I can like do better and not in a driven horrible sort of way but in a creative a way that matches me a way that matches my genius life, what I'm really good at or what I really like or what I think is that for me and as you're breathing, imagine that you're creating this wonderful space around you, and the space around you is inviting, and it is accepting, and it is sweet in its attitude toward you. And all the judgmentalness and criticism and negativity just kind of moves outside that boundary. Sometimes judgmentalness and criticism is good and helpful. You want to use those things as tools, not as not as something that keeps you in prison. To a just a and then you create the space around. You. You create the space in the rest of your face. You create the space out your left shoulder out your right shoulder. And just imagine the space opening bigger and bigger and bigger, with more and feeling of just loving acceptance, gentleness, easiness, and peacefulness. Even just for the Imagine the intensity of peacefulness
0: it's
1: increasing and increasing even more. You have that sense of open freedom, acceptance. Space to breathe. isn't that what it is? Space to you. That perhaps you feel this like a big giant twenty five foot bubble around. Perhaps you experience this. A beautiful blue or yellow or white energy that flows all around you. all the ugly and the yuck. Perhaps you experience this great, humble, peaceful space.
0: You've
1: gone in in the beautiful space that's inside of you. Calm and peaceful. Or perhaps you experience what it's like when you go into some sort of coffee shop, sit down with a tea and coffee, and you just take the 10 minutes to go. Okay. Okay, so you breathe. And now it's just about the process of raising the genius inside the genius inside of you. Consider that your child and your sense of state. But the child does not bring demands or antagonism or negatives. Can the child bring some or Her genius, her ability, the area, the arena that your child is free to be truly all that's whom they are. Just imagine that. Now imagine that you're interfacing, and you're interacting, playing with that child and you both have brought that peaceful space and it's, it's like the two bubbles have tossed over one another. And breathe in. Enjoy. Be present. That's what I was saying. Feel your spaciousness when you are in the presence of your child's Spaciousness as well. And that will help you tie into their genius, giving them the room to share, experience, refine their genius while you're comfortably present, very present, and they are too. This is Dr. Carol Francis. I thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope you'll share this on to the other parents in your group with the consideration that you all want your children to be geniuses, and they all are, but in very unique, self-expressive ways, just like you. Take care, have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time.